Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Morgan's Farm to Table Studios, located on County Road 42 and Nicollet in Burnsville, featuring six local farmers, Taste the Difference award winning. This is The Howl. Nothing but net is a channel like no other, featuring all teams and all topics from everybody's fa favorite league, the NBA. The Howl is brought to you by our wonderful supporting partners, Rhyme Sayers Entertainment, the pinnacle of underground hip hop worldwide. Studio 23, where passion reigns supreme, and Isabel Street Heat, adding a bit of spice into your everyday life. I am the airball of the radio world, your host, Kevin Draves. To my right is Aaron Bitmoji Groshan, the producer of the show. And seated to my left is none other than Rob Stepped Out of Bounds Hess, who is the jack of all trades for the program. First quarter, we look back at the games that were and preview the week ahead. This does include our Iowa Wolves segment. In the second quarter tonight, it is our talker segment. This week, we have a good dose of both Wolves and general NBA and WNBA topics. The only thing better than the sound of a swish is the sound of a howl. Quarter one of the howl. This is where we break down the Wolves week that was and take a look to the week ahead. And guys, I, I, I got to say it dilly dilly to us because we predicted correctly for the first time in forever <laughs> the uh the wolves week that was and we were all correct and better yet the wolves four and oh on the run for the last week five and oh on the homestand which i think i saw first time in team history was i think that, that's right was yeah. that right so we'll break down all four games here uh pelicans Cavs, thunder and Knicks and Trailblazers were the uh, five games that they were five and zero oh on the homestand. We are going to start with a great, great Monday game last week against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Guys, this was this was a game that we were we were confident about, but we kind of we kind of felt a little bit worried about. And Aaron, I know that you were. It took you a little bit to get on the four and zero train. Was this the game that you were thinking was going to be our holdup? Yeah, of course. But I do have to say, um, it feels nice 
when our homerish takes of the Wolves just winning a bunch of games in a row. Clearly, they're not homerish, by the way. Isn't I mean, right? It does not feel so homerish anymore. Um, this was the league's notice that the Timberwolves are for real. This Cavaliers game, we took it to them, and we held it all night long. This team, your Minnesota Timberwolves are used to getting out in front and not knowing what to do with it. It feels as if that is no longer the case anymore. This basketball game against the Cavs, it's on a nationally televised uh, channel. It's a big game. You know it's coming. There's expectations there. The crowd was into it. We're selling out the Target Center. And the Wolves did exactly what everybody wanted to see was dominate the Cavs. And there was a ton of plays that happened in that game that we can talk about. Yeah. Uh, let's just, let's start with the biggest one, which is uh, Tyler Jones, AKA, so funny. AKA Tyus Jones, uh, yamming on LeBron. A little, yes. bit, a little bit of payback because LeBron just absolutely stuffs. Yeah, he swats him into the crowd, just, basically. And, and stares him down a little bit. Yep. And then Tyus comes back. No, and also the, the other thing, too, is that this this dunk on LeBron was Tyus' second career dunk. The first one was like right a week that. ago yeah. in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. So Tyus picks a great time for his second career dunk. It is now my uh, computer desktop background. Uh, up until last night, I should say, up until Sunday night of uh, Tyus. Wait, let's take on. guesses what it was before. I'm going to go with, hmm. Okay. Oh, before? No, no, Wait, you're never, no, you're no. never, you're never going to guess no, I got it. this. We're going to, we're going to figure this out. You're never going to guess it. I'm thinking it was a, hmm. What are your guesses, Aaron? Come on. Uh, I, I want to talk about how the Wolves shot unbelievable from the field because consistently across the board, starting five in the bench, you know, outside of, you know, I can't even I can't even say he had a bad game. Gorgie four of 10. I mean, he still puts up 11 and eight and he was efficient. He did a lot of good things. So I can't even say anybody on this Wolves team even had a bad game. Uh, the guy that we like to pick on most recently, Aaron Brooks chimes in with 17 minutes two of four solid in that effort. I'm mean, still a minus seven, though. Yeah, I mean, the guy just it doesn't matter how good he plays. He's always a minus. It's the strangest thing. But see, on the plus side, he wasn't the the worst in the plus minus field. Uh, LeBron James, 10 points, four of eight shooting, uh, taking his first loss at Minnesota in 13 games. That dates back to February of 2005. And he posted a career worst minus 39 uh, Wolves had a 41 point lead at one point in this game. Now wasn't, didn't I, didn't I see something that that's the, the most he's that LeBron's ever been down. I think uh, that was as far as a plus minus, that was his lowest of his career. However, um, it was the lowest scoring performance he's had in almost 10 years. And by the way, before we move on, uh, even though buzz Killington over there tried to, I'm going to go David Hasselhoff. Uh, no, it's actually a picture of uh, one of my favorite places I've ever traveled to, uh, Paris, France. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, couple uh, quick. Uh, one thing we're really forgetting here, guys. What? Isaiah Thomas getting ejected for his WWE clothesline of Andrew Wiggins. It's like a ninja chop 
Like, how ridiculous yeah. is that? Now, granted, wasn't I? I don't think it was on purpose at all. I didn't think it was malicious. It was just what? stupid. Well, if, if you're so, if you're looking, if you're looking at it in slow mo, what I've seen Wiggins do. I sh- it's not it's not every time puts the ball but what but when he goes and he does that kind of that euro step he, he basically the ball's down kind of at his stomach and As he, he kind gathers, of brings it yeah. up and i and it i think he was just anticipating that kind of thing and so he went high with it wiggins kept it low i don't see it as a dirty player I don't he even think paused he really, before he left. He even paused and went like, "Hey, like I'm like I'm sorry." Like he yeah, pointed he, over to Wiggins, well, he, and he, he knew tried, he screwed he up. Tried, yeah, he tried to talk. You know, he tried yep. to make sure Wiggins was okay and everything. After I don't think there was any maliciousness no. behind it. It's a good dude. Honestly, I think, he, I think he tried to just play the ball as he knows Wiggins has in the past. And Wiggins decided to switch it up and unfortunately took an arm to the to the throat. I mean, there's like like I look at it this way. There's some guys that when they do stuff like this, you know, it's on purpose. Like Andrew Bynum, if you guys remember when he hit J.J. Barea in the playoffs or what about Beasley immediately ejected. Same thing. Just a forearm. And, it's you know, 100 percent it was malicious and it was on purpose. This I no ill will. It was just a mistake. It happens. I don't care. We're still fighting. You do that to me. Whatever. That's ridiculous. That's a hard shot, by the way. The uh, oh, no question, yeah, yeah. The the only thing for me that makes this win against the Cavaliers a little less joyous is that they went to Toronto the next night, and I think they lost by more than twenty five that night as well. If they would have like beat Toronto or something like that, that would have made the win against the Cavs all that much better for me. Mm-hmm. Not taking anything away from this win, we annihilated them. Um, but good to see we got in their heads and they lost by 25 the next night. Well, Interesting definitely. you brought that up, Kevin, because after that Raptors loss by the Cavs, I heard um, a stat pop up that no team has won the championship after, what is, was it, two 20-point losses? Losing, losing consecutive games by 25-plus points. Yeah, so, I saw that stat as well. No teams ever came back down 3-1 until the Cavs. Yeah, I mean, yada, until yada. it happened. I mean, yeah. you know, Nothing let's happens go with recency. The but, game last night, that's the first walk-off win in postseason history. NFL. Talking about the Vikings. The yeah. Vikings. Yep. Just like, so, I mean, until it happens, it hasn't happened yet, right? Yeah. So, yeah. you never know. Uh, so then the Wolves uh, get a night rest, and they get to take on a interesting Oklahoma City Thunder team. Wolves have a little bit of revenge in their eyes. Uh, 2-1 so far on the season series. Uh, and this would ta- And this gives you the season series if you win this game, so... Didn't you guys kind of feel like if there was a game that could be tough, I thought it was this one just because you expected the Thunder to come out swinging. Well, and we we talked about this too. Aaron and I both said that if the Wolves come out and beat the Cavs by 10 plus points, you know, they're they're going to have a lot easier time of a game against OKC. And that's it's called ride riding the momentum train. And that's really all it is. It is and but Wolves, I feel like couldn't it be also said like you kind of go into it maybe with maybe thinking you're really good. So maybe it's a bit of a trap game almost. It could be. But I in this sense, I don't necessarily think so. Um, and, and look, the, the biggest factor in the Wolves loss to OKC last time was Steven Adams going, what, 11 of 11 or oh, something just like dominating. that? And his, his offensive rebounding is yeah. going to kill him. And the Wolves in this game hold him to two of five shooting and eight rebounds and eight points. Now, we've said time and time again, Russ Westbrook is going to get his points. It's what you do with everybody else on the Thunder roster that will dictate how this game goes. Uh, Paul George, Carmelo Anthony combined 28 points on 10 of 34, 10 of 33 shooting uh, and seven rebounds. 
Um, How good, you know, you, nobody you, else in double digits besides those three. You mentioned Paul George minus 25. He was like vastly outplayed by Andrew Wiggins. And and all four of those guys played over 30 minutes, like Carmelo 31, George 38, Stephen Adams 34 and Russ 35. Um, the biggest the biggest win in this for me is the fact that a Stephen Adams plays 34 minutes and ha- goes two of five for eight points. But then also uh, their bench. I mean, Raymond Felton, uh, Jeremy Grant, and Josh Eustis all put up about 19 minutes and combined for nine points between the three of them. So you not only you're not only holding their bench to 11 points, but you know yep. they're, they're they're not getting production out of their starters. Well, and so they, you're they able really to miss this game. Uh, they really miss uh, Robertson. Yeah, they really Terrence do. Ferguson is not a Robertson replacement. He struggled one of six from three in this game. And if you watched him, I, I do think Terrence Ferguson long term could be a solid player. You know. Aaron, we liked him coming into the draft. Long, you know, he's got to get a little bit thicker, yep. stronger. But so there's things to great like. athleticism. But in this game, he, he struggled mightily. So you're talking about the shooting, Kev. Um, outside of Westbrook, who was 15 for 23, the rest of the Thunder shot 30% on 17 makes on 56 field goal attempts. I mean, that's a killer. Looking at the final score, it's very interesting because the Wolves in the two victories this year had only won by a combine of five points. Very close, very tight games. Even the Wiggins Thunder had win that was, game winner, you know, early on. That was yeah, a big moment. But right. Right. So close. So we completely controlled this game. You know, we didn't have a deficit, you know, if you go back to the start of the third quarter after that, it was basically a runaway by the Timberwolves and, and Rob, you're saying, you know, Roberson, you know, I think he's missed six games in a row and, and that's just tough on, and this is the thunder's downfall is they're thin. If they don't get it going with Russ and PG 13 and mellow who mellow again, looks lost and doesn't fit. And it's just tragedy mellow all over again. His, his playing style just doesn't fit there. And, and last but not least guys, you know, the Steven Adams thing, get this in the three games that Adams was playing this season, 27 for 33 unbelievable That's and then crazy. and then we hold them to two of five that i mean night. a lot of that has been the 28 for 33 but the so steven adams and then the list the list goes on because it's you know it's steven adams it's cousins it's davis there's this list of players that towns was getting overly frustrated with in game and he was just playing poorly and adams was one of those guys but he he came to play this time, I and mean, he really did. Towns Towns is a different different player altogether. I feel like in this game, as opposed to the previous two. Well, the prior game against the Cavs, I seen an uptick uptick in Carl Anthony Towns' defense. His defense this game, I seen it really jump up, and he's just running with it, and it's amazing. And this is why I was so happy last week. Because I see us building, you know, we're not filling gaps. We're, we're polishing the surface right now. You know, we're putting on the, the nice shiny pieces on the car. You know, we're not, you know, restoring the engine that all that hard work's been done right now is, is making this thing look shiny. And that's exactly what they're doing there. And I love it. And, and the winds are showing up as a result. The improvements, you know, across the board. 
You got it. Uh, Wolves win that game 104 to 88. Uh, they get another two or another night break before taking on the unicorn. Kristaps Porzingis and the 19 and 23 New York Knicks. Uh, this was a game after the first two where you play Cleveland, you beat them handily, you play OKC, you beat them handily as well. This was this was the game that I was probably the most unsure about Correct. out of the four. Uh, the Knicks, uh, you know, Towns has had some issues guarding Kristaps. Um, and I just, I, you know, getting the, the score updates on my phone as I was walking the strip in Vegas. Um, it just it didn't seem like it was the same Wolves team that we had seen earlier in the week. Doesn't this feel like. This was one of those games like the Suns games when we play them. I felt like this was one of those games where you're playing really good basketball and then you go to play this, you know, bad team because the Knicks are not a good team. You go to play this bad team and you just don't show up. So I appreciated while maybe it was a little more difficult than it should have been. I appreciated that they did win this game because in if you even just like two, three weeks ago, I think this is a game they probably lose. Because this is one of those trap games yeah. where we just don't we we come we don't ha- we don't come with a hundred percent. It's one of those games where you play down to your opponent, and we didn't do that for one of the first times I think all year. You yeah. know, we stepped up, and I think that's this was a big turning point for me uh, as far as the Wolves are concerned. I think you could ar- I think there's an argument for this being one of the biggest wins of the of the of the week. So can I can I ask you guys a question here? I guess I'm not in the loop. I don't. I mean, I don't know if you guys follow the Knicks at all, but. What's going on with uh, Frank Natilakina? He played 15 minutes in this game. I mean, Jared Jack was the starting point guard. Is is that been consistent now for a little while? Yeah, they, I mean, uh, Frank Natilakina is a bit of a project, unfortunately. I mean, even coming into the league, and Aaron can attest to this. You know, we we watched the draft pretty closely. Great defender, um, but offensively, he was going to struggle a bit to start off. And and you've seen that. I mean, Jared Jack's a solid competitor. I've always been a pretty big fan of his. You know, good quality veteran that doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Doesn't. So uh, I get, I get why they're doing it. It's kind of, it's you know, a good, a good comparison would be uh, Justin Patton. Like if we were a bad team, Justin Patton would probably be playing right now. Since we're not, and we'll get, we'll touch on this more in a little bit here when we talk about the Iowa Wolves. We can afford to wait. The Knicks aren't playing well, so they have to. You know, they're going to get him minutes, but. At the same time, it's the East. You don't want to completely tank, especially when you're sitting here with Kristaps Porzingis, yeah. you know, being as good as he is, and, and how he wasn't happy early on. And you've tried to make the uh, the changes. Although Kristaps in this game doesn't get to complain too much at people because six of nineteen. And you know, the one thing, Kristaps is not a good rebounder. Can we agree on that? No, he's not. I mean, he just isn't. You you think he is because most of the dominating big men in this league are good rebounders, and he's not. He's more your stereotypical like European big man. He can you can hit the three ball, no question. But I think on the season he's averaging like six point nine rebounds. Like that's not good. Yeah. Here's, here's the thing with Perzingis: he cannot be your number one. Okay, isn't he? Don't you think of him kind of like a Kevin Love type guy, he's, where he's got to be like a second or third? He's a finesse. You know, I don't want to call him soft, but he's not going to be the, you know, he's not LaMarcus Aldrich, you know, he's not cat, you know, he just, but he's got a ton of skill and he has all the, you know, he has, you know, all-star level abilities in many categories. The There's just certain players, like if you're going to build your team around Perzingis, it's never going to work for you, right? Like he has to be I don't, like, I don't disagree. He has to be 
a second piece. You need to have a primary wing or guard score. And if Porzingis is the lead dog that night, he's got the hot hand that night. Then that's how that happens. If not, then you have to go the other way because he's just not the, he's, he wants to play in the perimeter. He's a seven foot two, three guy that wants to be on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. Of course, he's not going to get rid of, you know, Chris stops. The big difference between Chris stops and cat cat can do it all. I Chris stops. Can't Chris stops. Now, granted at this stage in his career, Chris stops has proven to be a better defender, but I mean, long-term, I think towns could be as good as him. I, I don't think they're even in the same sentence. You know what I mean? In terms of, uh, which player is better, which player is worse. I think Towns is is so much better than Porzingis. I don't even think it's close. Hey, I got two guys I want to talk to you about. First guy, Belly off the bench. First yep. good game in a while that I've seen from he's, Belly. He's slowly getting back into the fold. Yes, and he actually looked like he was having fun that game. He, he's perfect from the floor. Um, Ten points. Hits, hits both his threes. My other guy, Taj Gibson. And if Great you were to ask Taj. me, I mean, outside of Butler being just at MVP level right now, I would say Taj is our team's MVP. I mean, he's he, is so the, important. he is the glue guy of all glue guys that I have seen in a long, long time. I can, he, I can agree with that. He somehow fills the void of everyone else's deficiencies. I, I get what you're saying, but I don't think, I mean, the team MVP, I think is for sure. And maybe the league MVP, depending on how the season goes is Butler. Yes. I don't think you're doing any of this without Butler, but what I, what I appreciate so much about Gibson is he's able to show Jang. He's able to show towns, be elite. probably a little bit. What, how you play big man defense. I mean, I think yeah. that's what he brings to the table. One thing I want to mention as far as the Knicks go, we talk about how Steven Adams kind of had a, an off game and we were able to shut him down. Enos Cantor. He was basically Steven Adams. Yeah. Just destroyed us inside. I don't know what it is about certain big men, but there's certain guys where we just like we refuse to rebound defensively. It's the, the it's the big shoulder guys, the wide body guys. They're just tough. They they get a little bit better positioning than Towns, and he's not strong enough to get them off of the spots, or he's not being heady enough to get to the spot before that player and that's that's and it's all garbage and you know i think a good stat to look at so he shoots 80 percent from the field and again it's mostly just putbacks and garbage but the fact that he did not get to the free throw line a single time i think that tells you we were playing soft because if a guy's getting all those putbacks and everything how is someone not throwing him down like how is someone not just playing physical he should have Two, four, six, eight. You know, I mean, there should be free throw attempts in there because the fact that there's not and he's getting all these rebounds, I mean, 12 rebounds and four of those are offensive boards. And that seems low to me. I actually thought it was higher than that. I mean, you got to be, you know, physical against a guy like that. You know, we were talking about last week, sort of the salary cap implications the Wolves will be dealing with down the future. A guy that we brought up was Gorgie. And, you know, we discussed, you know, how do we fill in some pieces or if we get rid of, you know, we're always looking to add pieces. When I was watching this next game, the person that just jumps off the, the screen to me, Kylo Quinn. I like Kylo Quinn. He's I a really like everything about his game. I, I think He's big enough, strong enough, physical enough. He that you take him, put him on this team. I don't know what we have to do to get that done because I haven't dug into that. But when I just see him play, that's the guy sure. I think of. That's a name to watch. I, uh, I can give you that. Couple couple quick things I want to hit you guys with. Uh, Minnesota's sixth straight sellout in this game, longest streak 
uh, since 1990 to 1992. Uh, Towns one assist away from a triple double in this game, and they tried to get it to him too. He yeah. got that. It was was it? I think it was Jamal took a three right at the end, and it would have gotten in the triple double, and it, yeah. it couldn't hit him. Uh, and this was the first game out of the last eight. So Minnesota allowed more than 100 points for the first time in eight games in this game against the Knicks. Bravo to those guys there. Uh, The last stat that I'm going to hit you with is every single Minnesota Timberwolf, except for one that played in this game that had minutes scored more than that scored 10 or more points. The only one who did not was Tyus with seven, but every other Minnesota Timberwolf in double digits wolves get the win one Oh eight to one eighteen over the New York Knicks. And then Sunday, Everybody in Minneapolis coming down from this this Vikings high, the the Minneapolis miracle as it's being dubbed, and the Wolves get a nationally televised game again. So two Minnesota national television games. Wolves on ESPN taking on the Portland Trailblazers. The the first thing I want to say, everything else aside, when you hold a team to ten points in the second quarter, man, it's hard to lose that game. You would think, right? And the Wolves, they go ahead, they get it done. A 120 to 103 win led from uh, the likes of of Cat, Jimmy, and Jeff Teague. Jeff Teague putting up 22 points on 8 of 15 shooting, also 8 assists in the game. Uh, Huge shout out, Jeff Teague. I like this. I like this game guys, because I have, I put the blazers in this echelon of like solid middle of the road teams. You know, they're always going to give you their, their best effort. They're competitive. They have a bunch of scrappy guys in the team. And that's nice to see the wolves take wins from them. And then you realize we really are this good. And what's amazing is right now, as I sit here, I look at us in the West and I think the Spurs are tough because they're just so fundamental. But I think we've gotten over our fundamental issues. Then we're going to be going up against the Rockets here soon. And then the Warriors. Outside of that, there's nobody in the West that scares me anymore. Blazers used to. Blazers, I always thought, got the best of us. I never really liked us walking into a Blazers matchup. It's nice to see us dominate. You know, you get another win against a Western Conference team. And that's a top five team at the time. You know, they were fifth. Right? What a win. I mean, that's a huge win. And and didn't it seem like they were on a completely different level than us? It did. And that's what I'm trying to, that's what I was trying to say right there. Yeah, I agree. You got that. So, yeah. It's it's so nice and refreshing to see like what Rob was just saying that we're on that next level it, in basketball. You always see these different teams show up and you're like, they, there's you, you know, you maybe you can't put your finger right on it, but that's what it is. It's that next tier of mm-hmm. quality and the wolves have just entered it this week. And let's see where we go before we get into previewing the week ahead here on uh, dash radios, nothing but net channel, the Howell quarter one review and preview segment. Uh, Just give you an idea of where the wolves are at in the standings. So currently we hold a five game lead over the Oklahoma city thunder in the Northwest division. We are currently on top there and San Antonio has lost this evening 
to the Atlanta Hawks, giving them an identical 29 and 16 record. So the Wolves are tied for the three seed in the West uh, as it stands right now. Uh, the next team that's closest to them, I believe doing the math in my head, it's probably not going to be a hundred percent right, but they have three games in hand on us uh, as it sits. I believe so. Um, Am I miss uh, three or four, but Spurs, uh, we did we beat them once? We lost to them. We've only was, no, we're, we're one and one against yeah, them. Yeah, because we lost. What was it? The very first we lost game. The, we lost the very first game of the season. Right? We beat them again. Yeah, yep. that's what I thought. Um, so four games that we are going to. Uh, I would assume not to interrupt you, but I would assume we would have the tiebreaker because we have one loss against a Western Conference team, and it was them. But they have more than one loss against a Western Conference team. Well, no, we have more than one loss. No, our, we have one loss Sorry. against Northwest Division. Northwest teams. Division, you're right. That's Correct. what it is. Correct. Yes. 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 So That's I, what think, I, meant. I think yes. right have, now still. We definitely have more than one loss to Western yeah. Conference teams. Yes. Um, so four games that we're going to <laughs> briefly talk about here in the preview section. First one comes Tuesday night in Orlando. The Wolves take on a very much struggling Orlando Magic team, 12 and 31 on the season. This is a team that's given us a little bit of fit uh, early on in the season. The, uh, the 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 first time that we played them, yeah. I'm not hearing it. I don't want to hear it. It no shouldn't fit. though. At this point, so this is the this is the game that this we just talked about. This is the Knicks game. This is a terrible team that you need to blow out of the water. Agreed. And they're going. It's going to happen. Yeah. This there's no the excuse. I, I honestly think they win this game by twenty plus. Current line is Wolves plus eight. That seems low to me. You I think they win this game twenty plus. Some money on it. I know. I I, I was going to put the futures bet down for Rob and myself for the Wolves to win the uh, NBA championship, but uh, playing softball Saturday and then the Vikings game on Sunday uh, got me a little preoccupied. So I apologize, but I did double Rob's money. We'll at talk, the wait, wait. We'll talk about that in the talkers. Okay, that'll be in the talkers. All right. Uh, next game up. So we're all predicting that's a win. Yes. And, and, a, and a big win. Yes. I think okay. we win by, by 20 plus. The next game is, I think, the most important game in this four game stretch. The Wolves nationally televised on Thursday, the 18th. They take to TNT for an 830 start as they take on the Houston Rockets. And it sounds like James Harden may play in this game. Yeah, if, if Harden plays, man, I don't know. I'm I gonna, want Harden to play because I want to see you want correct. you want the Rockets at yep. their best. Yep. Absolutely. I'm going to unfortunately I'm going to say I'm going to say a loss. Win. You I'm going to go why? with a win and just because looking at this matchup predictor, ESPN is giving Houston a 78.5% chance to win this game. I think the Wolves on a 7 game winning streak Keep it going. They keep riding the momentum train. I think Harden, even if Harden comes back from injury, he's not going to play the minutes that he normally plays. I think the Wolves pounce. I like to see a big game here out of Butler and Wiggins. And I think the Wolves win. It's going to be it's going to be a good game regardless. I don't yes. think it's going to be close. I can agree that it'll be close. I hope we win. I just I feel like this could be the game where you come down a little bit. I like everything Kevin just said. And then I remembered we love to give teams that shoot three pointers really good open looks. That's true. So I'm a bit nervous. Ryan Anderson always seems to kill us. However, with no Harden, it's a win for the Wolves. Even if Harden comes back, I feel like they might be just a little bit off their game and execution wise. I got it. I got to ride this wave and I'm just going to go Wolves win. You All like right. that? And Rob, you're going to say a loss? I am. Okay. 
Next up, the Wolves take on the uh, Toronto, sorry, the Toronto Raptors. Uh, That is a game that would be on Saturday night here in Minneapolis. So a little two game road trip for the Wolves. They return home to take on the Toronto Raptors uh, who have played three less games than the Timberwolves have the same amount of wins. They're really good right now. They're playing some outstanding basketball. In fact, I heard some people talking today. They think they could be the team to make the championship, which, you know, let's remember there's always playoff Kyle Lowry, but right now they're playing, (laughs) they are playing phenomenal basketball. They are on a two game losing streak currently, uh, six and four in their last 10 wolves, seven and three. Uh, Kyle Lowry needs to keep his temper in check. Yep. Otherwise, no, they were missing him in a while. They were missing him. So that's part of the reason their record is what it is. Yeah. But, um, but he needs to keep his, I mean, he, cause he got into it with Ben Simmons tonight. Like yep. he needs to keep his, his temper in check. I'm taking a win here though. I'm going to take a win here as well. Home game. Um, got to take a win. Yeah. And a Saturday night, this will be a sellout. I, I would almost guarantee this is a sellout. It's going to be a great game. And I think the Wolves find a way to win. I love how Rob cannot mention Kyle Lowry's name without then following it up with playoff Kyle. And then there's it's playoff a thing. Kyle Look it up Lowry. if you don't think it is. All right. And then the next game is a week from today, Monday night uh, on NBA TV, a late game, a 930 start time. The Wolves take oh, on the favorite. L.A. Clippers. That's a win in L.A. Now, here's here's the interesting thing. ESPN is predicting the Clippers at a 54.4 percent chance to win this game. And that baffles me. That's ridiculous. Well, there's a 20 percent variance in there for Timberwolves, uh, you know. I w- the ESPN calculator hasn't caught up with how good the Wolves have been. That could uh, be. The, well, and the, so here's some stats. Or how bad the Clippers have the been. The Clippers are on a four-game win streak, eight and two in their last ten versus seven and three for the Wolves in their last ten. But uh, game winning games against uh, Golden State, they won by 19, and back-to-back wins against the Sacramento Kings and uh, win against the Atlanta Hawks. Uh <sighs> It's pretty random. I mean, outside of the Warriors, none of those three wins impressed me at all. Yeah, I, I got to go with a win here for the uh, for the Timber yep. Pops. I think that's fair. So I'm going. I'm I'm going to homer it up again. I'm going to say four and zero. I'm going three and one. Four and zero. All right. Uh, tough stretch of basketball for the Timberwolves here. Uh, the next two games, actually, you know, basically the next six out of ten for this Timberwolves team is going to be a tough stretch. These are the games that matter. Hopefully the Wolves can be comfortably sitting in the three seed. Come uh, come next time we start recording. Or two, if you take out the Rockets. Yeah. You, you guys, I, I don't look at this as a tough stretch because you have to understand where we're at now. We have to start acting like we've been there before, even though it's been, I can't even remember the last time. These are all games, winnable games for us. The only test is the Rockets and I'm actually really looking forward to it I want I win or lose I'm just interested to see what we do and how we handle ourselves and from that you know we can make many additions of the howl with that right but there's no more tests for us we we played the Warriors we played the Cavs we're going to co- cover the Raptors and the, and the Rockets here and we're good to go absolutely let's uh um Rob, do you want to cover the G League in this quarter? Or do we want to wait till next quarter to do it? No, we'll, we'll do it now because we're going to do uh, you know reviews, a little bit of previews, maybe. Yeah, let's so, uh, let's get into it then. Have you guys have you guys been watching our our great Iowa Wolves? I tried, man. I was on a really long fishing trip. They've yeah, been was, playing really I was well. Out of town, unfortunately, but this was uh, so this last week we had the G League showcase, and uh, 
the guy you really want to watch out for in the G League has been Emil Jefferson. He's been playing just phenomenal basketball. He was actually uh, picked to the uh, the G League Showcase team, so he was one of the five guys chosen for like the you know the All Showcase team. That's excellent. He's been playing great, and off of that, I think we should start it off with the news that just uh, broke today. The Timberwolves did sign Emil Jefferson to, to a two way contract, and honestly, the only reason it took this long is because he's not taller. He's six foot nine. You know, not exactly a, a real tall guy when he's playing in the post. But uh, just to go over the press, the press release a little bit, they announced today the team has signed him to a two-way contract. They say terms of the agreement were not released, but I think two-way contracts are pretty standard. They don't, you know, you're not making an arm and a leg. Yeah. Um, but uh, 22 games this season, he's played for the Iowa Wolves. Uh, 18 points per game, a league best 13.1 rebounds per game. That's actually almost two rebounds better than anyone else in the league. So he's just dominating 64% from the field. He does play mostly inside basketball. He's not playing a lot of, uh, you know, he's not taking a lot of jump shots, things like that. Um, 16 double doubles on the season, including one in each of his last seven games dating back to December 29th. So he's playing phenomenally. Uh, he's, he's earned that contract. Yep. And uh, like we just talked about, he's uh, part of the NBA G League showcase first team. He averaged 22.5 points, 14 and a half rebounds and two blocks per game. 65 percent from the field over the, the two showcase contests. So he's just playing great basketball. And I'm interested to see if he plays. You know, he's they signed him to this deal. Part of it's probably kind of a long-term thing because he could be a guy maybe down the road. If belly doesn't resign, maybe you look to get some depth Yeah. or if you end up trading Gorgie Jang, maybe this is a guy you look to bring in again. The, the two knocks on him are going to be, he's, he's more of a back to the basket. He's more of a traditional big man, as opposed to, you know, the more standard big man you see now, that's kind of a stretch player. So uh, it's interesting to see what's going to happen with him. But again, it might just be kind of a goodwill thing going forward. Cause if you think about Anthony Brown, who signed the two way deal earlier in the season, hasn't played a single game for the wolves. Um, and he's arguably the best player in the entire G league. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, if you look back at the last two games though, moving on from the Jefferson announcement, um, one and one, the Iowa wolves played some pretty good games. Uh, the first game of the showcase was we played the Canton, uh, Canton team of the G league 197. So uh, obviously a nice win. Emil Jefferson, like we talked about, 29 points, 15 rebounds, six assists, only two fouls, a steal, and a block. I mean, the guy that's, just that's pretty darn impressive. The guy just absolutely dominated. Sounds to me they got an NBA player down in the G League. Yeah. I mean, he could end up being the guy that you bring on. I mean, if he could long term be a solid role player for you, for a team like the Wolves that are going to have lots of cap issues, you got to find ways to make <clears throat> players like this pan out. And he could. The guy that has struggled in my eyes is Justin Patton. I've watched him, you know, in this game, for example, uh, this is the first of the two games. He was in foul trouble. So let me put 11 minutes. Uh, he struggled six points, five personal fouls, and he only had one rebound. So not a great game for him. Um, there's, you know, we talked about this last week. Michael Bryson's a guy that I really like uh, a guy to keep an eye on. You know, he's not uh, necessarily dominating, but he's a young player. He's super athletic in this game, specifically five points, four rebounds. Um, he's shown the ability to stretch the floor and really gets a nice high flyer dunks. I mean, he's very athletic. So uh, a guy that you really like. And then, you know, we talked about how Aaron Brooks has really struggled. A guy that doesn't struggle as a point guard is Melo Trimble. He's been phenomenal. Melo Trimble. 
I like him. Yep, and he was great in great in college. Well, now let me let me ask you this, Rob, because I know you you know a lot more about these G League contracts than I do. I mean, w- do we have any other two way contracts available for use? No, or is it that's, something where that's, like, that, that's it. But you we'd can, have to like cut Aaron Brooks and sign. You'd have to you'd have yeah, triple you to the roster. Correct. Yep. So th- you'd have to get rid of someone to be able to do that. But ten uh, day contracts are available. So I believe. I think we still have one roster spot left, the the actual Timberwolves. Um, but we I guess we have to double check that. So we do. We still do have one more after the two way. Yeah. Okay. That's what two I thought. Two ways. We have two two ways. I thought we had one additional open spot. Yeah, we do. I, I don't anticipate the Wolves using it just because they do have these two way players that are available. And one of the nice things about having your G League team so close in Iowa is if you really had to bring someone up, you could. Right down I thirty five. It'll be interesting to see when Emil Jefferson gets his first playing time, because right now the way it stands, I mean, you're getting a couple guys every night that are getting DNPs. So when and how he fits in is, is really up in the air. Time mm-hmm. will tell, but very exciting news and congratulations to him for joining the squad. Um, obviously we've been big fans of his. So, you know, a couple names I, I wish I should mention, um, you know, with the Canton charge, uh, a show favorite Caleb Swanigan plays for them currently because he's not with the Blazers. Yep. And the, he's doing exactly what you'd think he would. 13 points, 16 rebounds, four assists. He's he looks good. He looks like an NBA player. I think long term, he's going to be really good in this league. I mean, he's dominating the G League. If you look at a lot of the guys that play in the G League and then are successful in the NBA, you have to dominate the G League. Think about like when Tyus Jones went down there. Mm-hmm. Just dominated. So that's what you expect from guys that have that. Um, Kendrick Perkins is actually on that team. Wow. So kind of an interesting one. Marcus Thornton, he's on the team. So some some names that you would definitely know. Um, Roosevelt Jones is another guy, and Ante Zizic. They didn't play in these games, uh, but those are two names most people would realize. Kendrick would Perkins going from playing in NBA championship games and meaningful games to the G League. 1.6 rebounds. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> so, I mean, he's not playing major minutes, but still. And then you go to the second game. Um, we played the Grand Rapids Drive. Uh, shout out to the announcing crew for this game. Was They were phenomenal. They, they were very good. They they definitely have a good rapport, the two guys. I, I, I don't know their names actually offhand, but they were phenomenal. So if you have not watched this game, uh, go on to Facebook Live and definitely take a look. It's worth it. They do a good job of mixing in you know, true stats as well as some funny stuff. They were punny. They, they did some interesting things there too. I but, love punny people. You know, we lose this game in 97-94. You have a, a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game that by Anthony Brown, it goes in the hoop bounces around and bounces out. And so you're that close. Um, they played really well, but in the second half, the, the Iowa Wolves really struggled. They just could not hit shots. Not like they could in the first half. And you've got some nice pieces on the, on the drive. Bronson Koenig, anyone that watches college oh, basketball yeah. here, uh, Mr. Wisconsin, uh, you know, KJ McDaniels. That's another guy that people obviously know for uh, our, uh, our second Marcus Thornton in two days. Cause this team also has a Marcus Thornton. So I, now that I say it out loud, I don't know which one is the actual one. Most people would, would know, <laughs> uh, but uh, John, John Horford, Al Horford's brothers on this mm-hmm. team, which actually is a good transition. Cause obviously as everyone knows, the Iowa Wolves have Elijah Millsap. So Paul Millsap's brother. Um, and he's been a pretty solid piece for us. You know, again, we talk about Emil Jefferson, 16 points, 14 rebounds. Anthony Brown continues just to put up crazy numbers, 22 points, four assists, three rebounds. The guy's jump shot is phenomenal. He has such good form. 
I really look forward to the day when he's going to be in the NBA because it's going to happen. It seems like every single year he's the best player in the G League or one of them. And he's got some, you know, he's got some decent size. I mean, he's just overall a really good player. But again, you you find a way uh, to to play well, but just can't get the job done. You lose 97-94. One guy we're definitely missing right now is Perry Jones the third. He's been out with a foot injury for a, a few games now. So it'll be nice when they can get him back because uh, he's been very solid uh, for the Timberwolves or Iowa Wolves, I should say, in this case. All right, uh, let's uh, let's move ahead into the second quarter, which is our NBA talker segment. Quarter two of the Howl here on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. This is our Timberwolves talker segment where we cover everything Wolves, NBA news, WNBA news, and G League news. Uh, we're going to start off uh, tonight with... Uh, something that uh, we, we've done a couple times before, but I think this one will bring up a very interesting conversation. Uh, this is called Pick Your Squad. Uh, $15 to pick a team, uh, and you have to basically stay within the budget and pick what you think would be the best team. Uh, five players per position, uh, ranging from $5 to $1. Uh, guys, we all kind of know the drill here, but kind of running down the point guards. Uh, Curry is $5. Westbrook is four. Chris Paul is three. Uh, Dame is two. And Kyrie Irving is one. Uh, in the shooting guards, Harden is $5. Uh, is that DeMar? DeMar so. Rosen I think so, yeah. is the $4. Clay Thompson is the three. CJ is the two. Uh, yeah, it is DeMar, by the way. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Devin Booker is $1. In the small forwards, it goes LeBron, Durant, Kawhi, Jimmy Butler, Paul George. In the power forwards, it goes Anthony Davis, Draymond, Blake Griffin, Chris Stops, Kevin Love. And in the centers, it goes Boogie, Cat. Uh, I cannot see who that is for the $3 for the center. That's Whiteside. Is that Hassan? Hassan yep. Whiteside, DeAndre Jordan. They're not the best pictures. Andre That's the problem. Drummond. So I'll go first because I've given this a lot of thought. Oh, uh, I'm so excited to hear. My starting point guard would be Dame Lillard. My starting shooting guard, CJ McCollum. My starting small forward, Jimmy Butler. My starting power forward, Anthony Davis. And my starting center, Carl Anthony Towns. Put the ring on my finger. Interesting. Let's that hear, is a championship squad. Let's hear yours, Aaron. $5, $10. I, I'll go if you want. No, I got it. All right. Steph Curry. Kay. Kevin Booker. Okay. LeBron James. Kevin Love. DeAndre Jordan. Okay. You're not going to get any rebounds. We're going to defend you, and my guards are going to destroy you. Because I got Curry and Booker. You got to pick one. And then King James, he'll run the show. K-Love and DJ will do all the dirty work I'll ever need. And I can stretch the court with K-Love. All right. I like like where your head's at. I'm going to go... A little similar. I'm going so point guard. I'm going Russ. Russ. I think that's a solid pickup. Uh, shooting guard. With, with the options they give you, I have to go Harden. I I have to. Uh, when you get to small forward, 
Jimmy Buckets because at two dollars that's crazy value. Yep. And then power forward, I'm with you, Kevin Love. And then I'm throwing my last uh, my last money at DeAndre Jordan. I, I think you have a good balance with this team of offense and defense. Three uh, three very solid teams. Maybe we'll have to do a uh, a done better. I just was thinking these, that. I think with, done with better these. with this would be solid. I think that would be fun to see. All right. You got to you have it written down. We, we got this. Yeah. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll have it written down. <clears throat> Uh, moving along in the talkers segment, uh, Rob, let's get into this uh, WNBA uh, core players, reserve players, restricted and unrestricted free agents in the WNBA. Uh, they can be teams can begin to negotiate with their own players uh, starting today, January 15th. Uh, deals cannot be finalized. Contracts and offer sheets may not be signed until February 1st uh, for the links. Uh, looks like no core players popping up uh, reserve players. Uh, Anna Cruz for the links. That's important. Uh, yep. Cecilia Zandalassini, if I'm saying that correct. Uh, Natasha Howard is a restricted free agent. And uh, that's all for the links. There's a bunch of unrestricted free agents in here, but does not give Rebecca team, Brunson obviously is, you know, that's a key unrestricted free agent. Yeah. That's one that the, uh, that I think we need to go out and, uh, and resign. Um, but there's some, I mean, there's some, there's some really good players on this list. Obviously Aaron, like you said, you really want to, Anna Cruz has been, has been a, you know, important player obviously for us in terms of depth. But there's some there's some there's some good players on this list. Obviously, you look at the core players, like Tina Charles. Like, how good are some of these? You know, yeah. they're so good. Candace Dupree. I mean, McCautry. I mean, she's been dominating the links over the years. I mean, she's been so solid. So, I mean, there's some really good players on this list. I, I it'll be interesting to see what the links do going forward. I would assume, considering the fact that you're, I mean, sports wise, you're you're up there with some of the greatest dynasties out there. It's in the WNBA. I mean, yep. you're just dominating. I mean, I, I think I think there's a good argument that the Lynx are the are the best team ever. Like just this dynasty they have going right now. You know, if there was a way, if we could, like if we could ever ever simulate that uh, for the WNBA. I'm saying, I think that's oh, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, top. Yeah. Now, WNBA. For as sure. far as dynasties go, I think in terms of domination, I think they're up there with with almost any you know any other team. Yeah, I go to that UCLA Bruins squad. I mean, if you're talking women's basketball, easily you could go to the UConn uh, basketball program with Gene Oriama, um, yeah, as being some of the tops. Is there any player on this list that you know, like you were saying? Rob Angel McCautry. I mean, is there when you know when do we start supplanting some of our veterans with some slightly younger star veterans? The key know? is draft. I mean, a lot of it's the key is always <clears throat> going to be drafting a bit. You know, that's that's going to be something that is always going to be very important. You look at some of the look at the Patriots, for example. They're kind of that outlier. If you're looking at the you know in terms of franchises that just are always good. They they bring in free agents because guys want to play there. We need to be a destination where people want to come to play. So that's gonna be part of it. But then drafting. I mean you just have to if you look at the links, part of the reason we're where we are now is drafting. You know, granted part of it's a little luck. You know, you get Maya Moore, but you know, Simone Augustus has been solid for us. You know, trading for Lindsay Whalen is arguably the most important move they've made. So 
you know, being GM is key and shout out to Cheryl Reeve because she's now basically in that Tom Thibodeau role. She's the coach and she's the, the general manager. She's going to be doing it all. And obviously we have no doubt that she's going to, you know, home hit a home run there. She's going to find a way to put this team, I think in the finals next year too, but this is, this is a good list to look over. This is on WMA.com just got released today. And like we talked about really big names, whether it's uh restricted free agents, there's big names on that list, whether it's, uh, you know, Natasha Howard, a Minnesota person is really big. Odyssey Sims has been really good. Kayla McBride. I mean, these are big WNBA names. These are not just, you know, your average restricted free agents. These are players that teams have to hold on to like some of the most important people on their teams and then unrestricted free agents. Obviously we talked about Rebecca Brunson. I mean, that's, I remember when we had Kevin Love with the Wolves and I kept thinking Rebecca Brunson's basically the WNBA's version of Kevin Love. I mean, just does, you know, rebounds every single night. Solid. She's going to get you points. Double, double machine. I mean, she just kind of does it all. Well, she can extend the floor to, you know, gets you some separation. Yeah. Gets you some passing lanes. That helps. Are there any names you guys that kind of stick out to you guys? Uh, I like Alana Beard. I think her game would transfer over to the links very well. I think she would fit in and could be a, a very key player to the team. If we keep rolling with it. Um, otherwise, I mean, core player wise, it's hard to look past Tina Charles. I mean, in all honesty, you know, there's a couple of the bigger names that'll be tougher to get, but, but like you said, you know, I think the links are a free agent destination of choice and uh, maybe we can, we can lure someone away. Um, Another person important on the unrestricted, by the way, is Renee Montgomery. I mean, she's been a key piece for us, you know, over the years. Shooter. Yep. Quick, get to the basketball handler too. take some pressure off the point guard. Yep. You kind of start to wonder at a certain point, like, um, you know, how long is Sylvia Fowles going to play? How long is Lindsay Whaling going to play? Like you mentioned, you got to start looking at ways to replace some of these, some of these pieces. You know, Maya Moore is not going anywhere. She's very young with, with Lindsay doing these Fox sports North broadcasts for the Timberwolves. Knocking out of the park, by the way. Yeah. Absolutely killing. And you can watch, you can kind of see her growth. You know, the, the first few games, she has to kind of build into that role, especially when you're jumping in on a broadcast team. That's arguably, there's a good argument that as far as hometown crews go, they're the best in the business. Yeah. But now, but I mean, we can, we can kind of see the, the tail end of Lindsay's career here Yes, um, in the, in the windshield, you know, in front of us. And so uh, we got to start looking at finding a, a solid replacement and uh, a long-term replacement for, uh, for the links if they want to continue. All right, before we move on, uh, Rob, you found an article that was released here today, a, a mock WNBA draft. Uh, that was put together by a panel of, of coaches and GMs. Yep. Yep. And just to touch on it real briefly. So uh, the first pick in this draft, you're talking about uh, Las Vegas would have that. That would be South Carolina's Asia Wilson. That's who they have going uh, as the top pick right after that would be Kelsey Mitchell of big tens, Ohio state. And then if we, if we go down to uh, the next two picks, Chicago has two straight picks, so they have really a nice chance to really improve themselves. And you have uh, two international players, actually. So Diamond DeShields out of Turkey and Maria Vadiva uh, out of Russia. If you move down, obviously, further, because Minnesota's as successful as they have been, they're picking the first round. Uh, people are projecting Shakila Thomas out of Florida State, and they say she could be a good replacement uh, for, for Pearson. 
who retired after last season. Okay. So this can be something interesting to watch. I'm sure they're going to update this going forward, but like we talked about, the draft is going to be really important for a team uh, that's going to eventually have to start replacing some of these veteran superstars. And this is the place to do it. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully they update that. We'll look forward to it here uh, in the, in the, uh, the coming weeks uh, moving ahead, Jim Pete, uh, the color commentator for the Timberwolves, along with Dave Benz uh, tweeted out NBA standings since December 18th, uh, the wolves opponent for the Tuesday night game, the Orlando magic in that time period have gone one and 11, which is the league worst uh, among teams. Uh, the Wolves, though, sit at the opposite end of the spectrum. They're actually tied for the league's best with the Golden State Warriors uh, based off a of percentage. Both teams 12 and three since December 18th. That is a great number to see. It makes me so happy, Kevin, because we've been tracking the team you know, obviously each week in our recaps and previews for every listener here on nothing but net, but this recent stretch of games, the body of work is starting to really add up. We just took out the Cleveland Cavaliers, you know, and on to the Houston Rockets and we could keep this train going for the record. Cleveland has gone three and eight in that same time period. But again, wow. these games don't matter much to them. Honestly, they're playoff. They're, they're a playoff basketball team. That's what they're. That's what they're playing for. I get it, and so are we. And what we're playing for is what I hope is the three seed. Because if you take the Warriors in as the number one, it puts you down in the Rockets bracket. We're about to see how we can face up against the Rockets. I'd like to be on that lower tiered bracket. And you're playing the the Warriors pretty soon too. So the Wolves definitely have some some tests. And we got the Warriors early on where we hadn't quite figured ourselves out. The team was still very inconsistent. And for three quarters, we played the Warriors very well. Obviously, in the quarter that counted the most, we didn't play the best that we could have. I would love and I, I look forward to that future matchup against the Warriors. The, you know, you look at the schedules. I think we obviously know the Wolves have had a... For the most part, we're, we always have kind of a difficult schedule. And we talked about how the Warriors have one of the easiest schedules in basketball this season, which we've talked about in the past is crazy. There's no reason why the defending champions should have an easy schedule. Over the stretch of games we're talking about, they've had some very easy games, like like really, really easy games. So it's going to be interesting when you see them match up. I mean, they just lost to the Clippers. I mean, how do you lose to the Clippers if you're the Warriors? That's, that's a bad loss. Yeah, that's a bad you know? loss. Uh, how do you lose to the Nuggets? How do you lose to the Hornets? Like these are games they need to be winning. If you look at the wins, they're beating it like, the, you know, they do have a win against the Clippers, but, you know, the Bucks, uh, you know, the Nuggets, I don't think those are great teams. The Dallas Mavericks, the Grizzlies, those are not good teams. Uh, so it's, but it's kind of a mishmash because while they have a, they got to play the Grizzlies twice, they got to play the Lakers and they win these easy games. They do have some nice wins too. You know, the Cavaliers, that's a, obviously a solid win. They beat the Rockets, but overall, I think our schedule is probably a little more difficult over this stretch, but regardless to be tied with them, it's pretty impressive. I mean, obviously both, both teams are playing at a pretty high level right now. Yeah. Uh, great job for the wolves. Hopefully they can keep it up. And uh, improve on that in that, uh, you know, in that time stretch. Uh, moving on, Kyrie Irving sat down and joined the J.J. Reddick podcast 
uh, to discuss a lot of things, but the two kind of biggest topics on here uh, were his conspiracy theories and the, uh, the trade of uh, him to Boston and playing under Brad Stevens. And uh, you know, Kyrie Irving known for being a good point guard, known for being on the Boston Celtics, the whole LeBron James and the trade fiasco and everything. But one of the bigger things he's known for is, you know, being a, a flat earther, you know, basically a conspiracy theorist that says the earth is flat, even though there is scientific evidence. Does he really believe this? Well, well the, the crazy thing about this article is that he talks about how what convinced him that the earth is flat is Instagram videos. That's actually what he says. Like, what? Come on, man. So he says uh, the truth. So he was watching Instagram videos that were like the truth given to you. And this is the flat earth and the horizon evens out only on a flat earth. And he says he didn't do as much research as he should have in order to say something like the earth is flat. Um, Has he seen a picture of the earth before? Well, remember a few, this is probably a couple months back. He's like, well, I mean, do your research. There's no pictures of the earth. It's like, yeah, there are it's lots of them. Um, so he says, yeah. And, and, um, you know, just something that kind of just makes him think, you know, it, it, it made him think, it made him think twice about just kind of accepting what everybody else has accepted is kind of what the, the point that he hits home with is that, you know, they give you stuff on the government, geoengineering, chemtrails and everything else. It just makes you think that was the beautiful thing about it. It made me think it made me think twice about that. As well, has, has anybody maybe maybe he knows where the edge of Earth is then. Right. You know, like the drop off point. Can right. You lead us to it. I love how JJ Reddick teased it up like what exactly is on your explore <laughs> page that you find this? Because it's a valid point. It's like, what, what are you doing? Because I don't know about you guys, but I've definitely never seen flat earth videos on Instagram. I have not either. Nope. No, granted, I'm not searching them out, but still. Uh, he talks about requesting the trade uh, with Cleveland and uh, how all of the backlash and all of that came down. Uh, the the next one I want to bring up, though, is uh, him talking about Brad Stevens. And I like what JJ Reddick says here. He says, I'm an NBA Twitter guy. I'm an I'm on NBA Twitter. I'm an NBA fan. I watch League Pass every night. And consistently, when people talk about top coaches in the league, Brad Stevens name gets brought up and Irving just gleams confidence in Brad Stevens, as he should. I mean, obviously, it's not an L.A. Lakers situation where nobody trusts the head coach and Kyrie Irving's dad is calling for Luke Walton's head kind of thing, you know, but um, he just he, he just glowing remarks about Brad Stevens, which is nothing new. There is a major difference between a good coach and a bad coach or an average coach and a great coach. Brad Stevens is exceptional. You can see coaching is is difficult because not only do you have to be a leader of men, but you also have to know when to delegate. And then you also have to be a good game planner and, and be a good researcher. And really you're the captain of the whole ship, right? I mean, it's not just I'm coaching. Coaching means so many more things. And Brad Stevenson at his young age, which this is really, you know, for the Celtics, I mean, they have a gem. I mean, it, it, coaching, he could coach until he's 60, 70 years old. Well, and here's this is this is what I like. So Kyrie says um, he's always unwavering and he always and he was always chill. 
but he demands it out of you. And, and JJ says, but he does it in a different way. And Kyrie comes back with, yes, you want to do it. You want to play for him. Like, that's just, I mean, that's right. There is just the most ringing endorsement is that, you know, you're doing it for the team. You're doing it for your coach. You're not playing that individual basketball. You're not trying to pad your stats and make sure that your next contract is the biggest contract. It's everybody coming together, playing for the team, playing for the coach. That's that's as ringing of an endorsement for Brad Stevens as there could be. It absolutely is, Kevin. And what it tells me is there's absolute buy in. And when you have that, then you have something special. When you have the talent on the roster for the players, you have the coaching staff and front office in place. There's total buy in top to bottom. That's when the magic happens. Okay. I was worried about our own Timberwolves squad a while ago when we had all this minute buzz popping up bellies down I was worried there was a little schism brewing in the Wolves locker room it just looked that way not the case anymore you want to hope we're at that level I like to believe I'm in the group that says Thibodeau is an elite coach he's a USA basketball coach I put those people in the highest of regard because you just don't get that it's your peers are there there's a lot of good things to come from that so in regards to brad stevenson and Kyrie being flat earth maybe brad stevenson can pull him aside after the end of the season and say Kyrie, the earth is round it's okay we're still <laughs> gonna win basketball games let's go and then it's the end of that i could honestly or he could take a basketball and paint it like earth and give it to Kyrie as an end of year gift love it it's done it out there Case I closed. A, I would use an earth, like an earth colored basketball. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, that would be. Maybe Nike will make one. I <laughs> call it the Kyrie one. There's already a Kyrie one. You know how they one, have like but... the never flat basketball? It would be just an always <laughs> flat basketball. <laughs> yeah. It just can't be pumped up. <laughs> the Kyrie. <laughs> All right, moving along. Uh, let's touch on this because I think this is going to be one of our longer topics. Uh it, it's it's starting to pop up that multiple first round NBA prospects are being told that they're ineligible for the G League, not able to skip school and go directly into the G League. Uh, basically, if you've already enrolled in college during an academic calendar year, uh, unless you were deemed ineligible by the NCAA to play. You cannot play in the G League and get signed by a G League team. Yes. So if you choose not to play, you know, a good example of this obviously is the ball. You the know, ball. He, um, Leangelo. I, I'm draw, yeah. Leangelo. Well, Lamelo's. Leangelo is the one that this specific rule applies to. But they're saying basically, look, you were enrolled during a calendar year to play. And until that, you know, until that actual season's over, unless the NCAA says you can't come back, which they didn't, you know, he made that call himself or his dad did, you know, whatever. Um, that's, <laughs> you know, whatever. He can't he can't play in the G League. I, I don't know how I feel about this. It's if I, if I want to play, it's the same reason I don't like the whole you have to play one year of college. If I want to get a job, I should be allowed to get a job. I, I just don't, I don't, I think this is stupid. I yeah, but like I don't know for. how long you got to not like this for, because I really think in the off season, Adam Silver will address this in, the, in the league yep. uh, offices and the player associations. They'll table this because let's face it. The G league has blown up. It, every team will have a G league team. It'll be that minor league version system. 
for the NBA with that growth comes new issues and you got to tackle them and take them in stride. And I have the faith in Adam Silver to get it done. I mean, he's, he's made every good decision so far. I, I, I do too. I love Adam Silver as a commissioner. The extreme end of things, obviously in this is that the top college or the top high school talents skip college, go directly to the G league. And now college basketball as an afterthought March madness means nothing that kind of thing. I mean, that's obviously that's, that's the, the only far thing, extreme end of things. The only thing but, I'll say to that is I honestly don't give a crap about college basketball. I mean, I love college basketball, but I don't care how well they do because they make tons of money. I mean, that's one of the top things out there is college basketball. So I don't think they're going to be hurting because guys that are going to go guys that are going to play college basketball are going to play college basketball. It's not like college basketball was hurting all those years. You could jump from high school to the NBA, right? Correct. Now, the only thing I'll say about this rule, the more I think about it, until they change the rule to you can go straight from high school to the NBA, I guess I kind of get not letting them in because you kind of have this weird unfair advantage. Almost like, for example, let's say let's say Michael Porter Jr. He's hurt right now. But let's say instead of getting hurt, let's say he got suspended for something or or let's say he just was like, you know what? College isn't for me. I'm going to join the G League. Well, now a team is going to get an extended look at this guy if they were the team that happened to sign him. And I, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of goofy to me. I don't know. I think until they change that rule, maybe maybe this is the right call and they yes. shouldn't be allowed in. Definitely or, or favoritism. Maybe, maybe set up a similar G League draft. Yeah, but I mean, you have to, you have to it doesn't really out, work that way now, though. No, but you have to. I mean, you have to figure out some way. For I think I think they for, have to uh, stay, for, some, for some form of fairness with this. I think they just need until that rule gets changed. I think they need to either go play over in Europe or or you know some other league, or they have to stay in college. I, I think I think the more I think about it, I think that's fair. I think you, you, there's too much of an advantage, and there's just too many goofy things if you're going to start letting guys like because a lot of these guys that want to do it are first round talents. And they're going to go play like for the Iowa Wolves or the Canton Charge or whoever. Because they, I mean, what they want is they don't want to deal with the NCA and the rules that come And they want to get paid. They I mean, want to get a lot paid. Of money, but it's money. And the other thing is, is they're instantly, the caliber of player is going to change. And they get that instant NBA ran yep. system versus learning a college system it's it's skipping a lot of stuff and i don't really like that guys and so what they they just be players without a team i mean they can't get called up by a team until they're drafted i mean is that how you do it like let's say let's no. say like let's I say just, i think either they have to well, be able to go straight to the that, nba that's, that's the thing that's that's one thing that they have to figure out because let's say i go and sign with the iowa wolves but I haven't gone through the NBA draft yet because I'm skipping college to go right to the G League. Like, are the wool are the Timberwolves able to call me up if they like what I'm doing down there? Like, you can't circumvent the system that way because then that defeats the purpose of the NBA draft. Well, now you so, can go right into the. I, if I'm, I could be wrong with this. I think can't you go right into the G League? Like, if you just chose not to go to school, I think you can. Can't you? I have no idea. I have no idea. But it's to what Kevin's trying to say. Say he's a star. He doesn't want to go to the draft. Let's let's be honest. I'm just gonna slide into the backlord, go to go to the G League team, and then that team's oh, they're just gonna pick you up right away. Yeah. It's circumventing the whole deal. I don't know how or why because I haven't looked into this topic. There's gotta be a closed loophole in that situation. You're just a uh 
you're not able to be called up until you go through the NBA draft. The bigger topic for me really is, and I always am debating this because for on one hand I say, okay, if you're out of high school, if you're done, if you, if you want to make adult choices, go play basketball and a basketball team wants to pick you. Congratulations. I'm also on the same hand. I sit there and think, boy, you know, it would be nice to let a young adult learn how to be a young adult and, and enjoy that versus, you know, I mean, once you get into this adult life, it's all over. So there's a part of that where it's like, you know, you, you want to have them enjoy that college experience. And then if I had a third hand, I'd say from an NBA perspective, bringing in and prospecting all these young adults, it's so difficult and it's a crapshoot. And then it's like, you almost liquidate some of the talent because you got guys that are like four year guys. They don't even get drafted because they're really good basketball players and way better than the basketball player that's going to get drafted. But it's because of this prospectus. They think he's going to be great. He goes on the team, takes that guy, kills his opportunity. And it just, it's tough right now. He's on a practice team and it, you know, I've seen a bunch of young guys try and try and they, they flounder and wash out. And it's tough. It's a tough way to end your college game or basketball game. Um, I don't know what I'm talking about anymore after that, guys. Do you I, get where I'm coming from, though? At yeah, least? I get what you're saying. The one thing they do talk about, too, is they, the NBA source said they're not looking to compete with college basketball for their players. Of so course. It's not. Like, I mean, they so never. some people, some of the GMs have questioned this, or some of the, you know, the, the guys in the league have said, this kind of feels like the NBA and the NCAA kind of colluding. You know, and it's and it's hurting for the hurting the players. And I'm and for me, I, I I just think the way they have it set up until they change the one and done rule, I I think they have to kind of keep keep it separate. And the one and done is still getting tested. You know, the players are figuring out ways to circumvent that whole process right now, yep. and it's even become worse now that you know Lavar Ball is kind of setting a precedent uh hey you know what if your kid's really good just take them out we'll go play overseas for two years but look at rubio rubio's doing it was playing at 14 i understand so some guys can do it i mean and and i'll I, you know I'll, but, I'll say this if you i don't know if you guys watched the first pro game they played but lamella ball can play i i saw that but this is the problem labelle lamello ball might play but guess what Aaron Ball and Michael Ball and Bill Ball and Bob Ball. There needs to be a Bill Ball. Right? Those guys can't Bill play. Ball but you know what? Their families <laughs> might think they can and might do all that same other stuff and rob them from a high school experience and a college experience. But that's their and choice. I mean, that's their choice. I get it. The, sometimes in life, Rob, just having infinite choices isn't the best deal. Sometimes it's nice to know I either want... Uh, strawberry Sunday or a banana split. I don't sure, need but to. but even but if you take the the NBA aside, people can just if the NBA. I mean, right now anyone can take their kid over to Europe if they're good enough and have them play on a pro team if they want to. That's yes. a, you know what I'm saying. That's a separate thing from this. Okay, because that can already happen. I, I think ultimately you're right. I think Adam Silver is going to address things like this in the off season. And for my money, we've talked about this in the past. What should happen is they should go with a baseball type system where if you want to go pro, that's fine. You go pro and that's it. You can't go play college. But if you go to college, you have to stay for a certain period of time. So I, I think the idea that they have the options 
Is it is it three years in baseball? Is that right? You're asking the wrong guy, buddy. Well, it's two or three years. You have to stay. And I think if basketball was to adopt something like that, it's a good system for both college and NBA. And I think that's what they should go to. I completely agree. That sounds good to me. Fair enough. It's a complex tissue. Let's move to my favorite part of the second quarter. The howl hot takes Uh, starting off with uh, (laughs) Rob. I like this first one that you posted. Uh, the Timberwolves during the game last night against Portland were making a lot of uh, Vikings references and a, uh, uh, the guy's uh, uh, user handle is hashtag who saints baby Rob. Yeah. So not only is, but not only is he a saints fan, he's, and I'm not sure how this Matt, how this fits, but he's also a blazers fan, which I find fascinating that you somehow, those are your two teams. I don't I don't even know that because it's not even really a bandwagon. He had a bad day yesterday, didn't he? But so he yeah, goes his response to the the Wolves posting. They had posted a Jimmy Butler kind of Adam Thielen reference Detroit Lakes. And he goes, stop with the Viking references. Jeez. And the Timberwolves responded with not a great day for you, huh, buddy? Because <laughs> <laughs> both his teams lost. So I found that amusing. Plus, I don't even understand what you're not a fan of either of these teams. Why are you following the Timberwolves on Twitter? And why do you care what they're posting? Like, I don't, I don't go on the blazers and go, Hey, don't talk about your team. They're called well, trolls, Rob. I know, but it's like, come and on. They live in you the have nothing interwebs. better to do. So kudos <laughs> to the kudos to the Timberwolves. Yeah. The, the guy who handles the Timberwolves Twitter is, is a genius, which uh, actually that's a good stepping stone. My uh, one of my friends, a, a player I used to coach just got hired by the Timberwolves and he's going to be running uh, a lot of their social, at least their, their digital content. Uh, Shabazz Khan. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. I've he was, he was up until now, obviously he was the Sacramento Kings Twitter guy. Um, so he actually started with the Timberwolves organization doing some social media stuff, went on to do bigger and better things. He's coming back home. So it's a pretty cool deal. Congratulations. Oh, so that's kind of cool. Now on to some other, uh, uh, you know, how hot takes. Um, this is uh Jeff Sherman at golf odds. He actually is the, he works with a sports book in Las Vegas, Westgate. If you guys are familiar with that. Okay. Um, NBA championship uh, odds were just updated. I find this a little strange. So, you know, it's kind of your standard Warriors, you know, five twelfths, Cavaliers, nine to Rockets, 10 to one Spurs, 14 to one Celtics, Raptors, 14 to one. A lot of that makes a lot of sense. The next grouping though, the thunder are 25 to one. The wizards are 40 to one. And then the wolves are 60 to one. How are the thunder a, a favorite to win the championship over the wolves? No idea. That makes no sense. Had I known this, I would have bet money. Who's putting so money quickly. on the Thunder twenty-five to one over the Wolves at sixty to one? Which, by the way, that was the bet I would have made. Sorry, Rob. Yeah. If they do somehow in the championship, I'll expect three hundred dollars. <laughs> You're not getting it for me. Um, so I found that fascinating, right? Like that That's makes ridiculous. no sense. Now, granted, Las Vegas is usually pretty on top of stuff. Like the crazy amount how close they are on spreads, just looking at that Vikings game and the, the spread stuff that happened there. But this is a, this is a, a definitely a hot take to say the least. Uh, a couple more we've got, this is sort of a hot take, but if you guys saw this, uh, Michael Scotto who works with basketball insiders, uh, really good sources. They, they put up some pretty good information. He's the one that pointed out uh, he'd been hearing from sources. The Clippers proposed a blockbuster deal, which I, this is debatable. There's a blockbuster. Uh, Blake Griffin and Carl Anthony Towns. Like, come on. No one's doing that. 
Like the wolves aren't even answered. Like, so the, the the fun thing on this one, Rob, if you scroll down just a little bit, uh, some guy asked uh, D- uh, Darren Wilson Doogie if he knows about it, and uh, yeah, I did. And like he this. goes ran into a wolves front office official today at the barn. He laughed at the report. Well, and he also said knowledge teams talk trade constantly. Most deals proposed never happen. Cat isn't going to the Clippers for Blake Griffin. Like, that, I mean, that's all you have to know about that. I mean, you knew that, but you knew that wasn't happening. That's a terrible trade. It's a great trade for the Clippers. And the funny thing is, there's no trade the Clippers could offer you. Like, if they said, look, we'll trade you Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, and 10 first-round picks, I'd be like, nah, I'm good. Because, you know what I mean? What's what's that going to get me? I, I already have the, I already have Cat. I don't need all, I don't need this extra crap. No, no offense to Griffin and Jordan. I like both those players, but... If you're building a franchise, there's a reason why before last season they said one guy that was our guy, right? Jim, Jim Peterson oh, I may have about this. Yes, Jim Peterson may have the best Twitter response to this. Did you see this, Aaron? I did not. I want to hear it. His response: bunch of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, Jim Peterson's the man. I love Get that. It. I love Jim Pete. Um, we got one more now. So the last how hot take? Oh, we we skipped one. Oh, no, never mind. Okay, you're talking on that one. Okay, go yep. ahead. So the last one is Sports Center tweeted out midway through the season who's getting your vote? James Harden, Giannis Antetokounmpo, LeBron James, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, or Russell Westbrook? For I have, midseason MVP. I have a few problems with this. Number one, how can more than one player from one team be on the list? How valuable could you be if your teammate's on there? But to me, and this is this has always been my problem with with the MVP votes in all sports is that in many cases, it does not actually go to the most valuable player. It goes to the best player, but it's not the best player award. And how so obviously in this case, Kevin Durant and Steph Curry. What? Why are they even in the conversation? If Kevin Durant's not playing, they're still winning games. If Steph Curry's not winning, they're not playing. They're still winning games. And I'll go a step further. If the Warriors are missing both Steph Curry and Kevin Durant, they're still going to win lots of games. So to me, neither one of these guys belongs on this list. And the guy that's missing that should be on this list, no question asked, is Jimmy Butler. And again, Russell Westbrook's on this list. How valuable could he be? They're not winning games. You know, they're not winning games. I just don't get it. I'm oh, sorry. Aaron's just so offended. He's I, got this frog in his throat now. I tried and he's oh dying now. Gosh. I tried to hold back to be worse. <laughs> oh, he's just, I agree. That's my, that's my take on this as well. Yeah. And what, what let's do. And a lot of people responding on Twitter are saying, you know, and Jimmy Butler's not on here. Jimmy Butler, no question. Like if this I mean, is a best player list. Yeah. All these guys, 100% belong on here. But for, as far as MVP goes, the only three names that I would have on this list are Harden, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and LeBron from the people they list. But I understand those guys yeah. are all MVP candidates, 100%. Yeah, it, it, it's plain and simple at this point. Uh, Rob, let's talk on the power rankings. NBA.com released their power rankings here Monday morning. Uh, second half of the season is underway, uh, and the Wolves are making strides in the league, they and they're, are. They're actually the, the the highlighted team in this. Yes, which I I thought was which I appreciated. So the Wolves' record twenty nine and sixteen. Uh, their offensive rating is fourth best. Their defensive rating is eighteenth best. Their net rating earns them the fifth best spot. Uh, they move up four spots in the rankings from number nine. 
to number five. I appreciate Carl Towns. So they have plus minus stud. Carl Towns was a plus 85 in four games last week. That's crazy. Plus minus dud. De'Aaron Fox, who I think long term I like. We've talked about that in the past. De'Aaron Fox minus 71 in four games. That's hard to do. That's very hard. to Although do. we say that and, you know, LeBron James was a minus 39 against us. So how far off was he? You know, that's, that's the thing. That is that's true. Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves were not a, a team that had the uh, a good pace and a pace and space early in the season, uh, but they have picked it up. Uh, they were one of the top five in high jumps of the of the week. Miami, the Heat moved up nine spots. The Lakers and the Pacers both moved up. He'd been playing spots. really well. They've been yeah, on. They have no pun intended. They've been on fire. I mean, seriously. Hey, hey, I see what you did there. Uh, this is this is good for the Wolves. I think this is a good spot. I think this is where we should be. Um, you know who'd be upset about this though is the TNT crew because we're twenty third in pace. And how dare you win games and not do it the way they want us to? Yes. Right? Like because our pace is not not great. But I'll take that fourth offensive rating. Defensive rating has been shooting up. We were, I mean, we were bad defensively early in the season, and now we're 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 dominating on both ends. Well, you want to talk about pace? The the Celtics are ranked number two in the league, and they're at twenty in pace. They're twentieth ranked in pace. Pace just doesn't matter. The Spurs are 29th in pace. You don't need to play fast. The Heat are twenty eight. Yeah, like you don't need to play fast to be a good team. You don't, and I, and I don't think we're built to play fast. Uh, I will say this: uh, in watching the game last night, I was actually watching the game with my dad and uh, one of my good friends, and my dad pointed out to us he said if you watch the wolves definitely play flat faster with tyus jones than they do with jeff teague and i think that's true you don't really think about it that necessarily but from someone that uh you know doesn't watch maybe as closely as we do uh i think that was a interesting thing to point out and i think it's true i think the difference between those two guards is uh tyus is he knows he's not the first option on scoring where teague i think has a tendency to you know if he's given that open shot on the perimeter or take it straight to the basket. So he's a bit probing at first for his own open look and then setting up the offense. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's fair. I just to go over some of the top 10, you know, the, the Warriors are number one makes sense. Celtics are number two. I, you know, I, I think most of these are pretty obvious. Toronto's number three. I, I, I do want to say, I, I don't think when it comes down to it, do you think it's going to actually be Celtics Raptors in the Eastern conference finals? It depends how they get slotted up, but I'd like to. If it's not well, those two, be... though, it's it's the Cavs, right? I mean, it's got to be. As much as I Bucks. like, let's say John Wall. <clears throat> well, the Bucks, the Bucks have struggled a bit. You know, getting Javari Parker back eventually is going to make a big difference. Uh, Rockets are fourth, makes sense. As we talk about fifth, uh, Spurs are right in there at six. You know, I don't. There's no real big surprises for me. I think this all makes a lot of sense as far as rankings go. Bucks at tenth, though, good for them. Although they dropped a little bit, they were seventh last week. So some good teams in the league. Yeah, it's it, it definitely the Western Conference is a little bit more uh, more tight, you know, over the last couple of years than than the East. But I think this should be a fun year overall for when you the, leave. Uh, let me just say this: when you leave the top ten, the the quality of teams drops a lot. Like the Thunder are eleventh, and it it just gets worse from there. And the Thunder no. aren't aren't good. So I, I think. Uh, I, could you was would you guys agree that the NBA is pretty top heavy? Oh, of course. Yeah, maybe more so than in past years. I feel like uh, there's less there's less like you know average teams. So it'll be interesting to see if we can if we can keep this up. Uh, so just to touch base real quick on that uh, Clippers 
uh, Timberwolves potential quote unquote blockbuster trade. Uh, Scotto made it clear that Minneapolis, that Minnesota immediately declined uh, the Clippers hopes. He said the trade proposal didn't advance past an exploratory call from the Clippers as Minnesota declined league sources told basketball insiders, Minnesota views towns as a franchise caliber player, which that's not yeah, news to anybody, it but is, well, it might be news to the Clippers. Apparently it very well may be. Um, but uh, yeah, so the trade, if they want to get rid of Griffin, they're going to have to look somewhere else. Uh, are we, how are we sitting on time, Rob? Do we have time to talk about one more thing? Well, we definitely do. Uh, you know, I think we should at least uh, take a look at the, have you guys been paying attention to the Markel Fultz shooting saga? A little bit here and there. It is bad. Catch me up to speed. bro. If you think about how good he looked in college at shooting, I mean, you thought that was the, if there was one thing you could bet, you could bet on coming out of the college season was that Markel Fultz could shoot and he'd be a really good pro. And that's, oh my goodness, watch the videos that are out there. Um, they've been posted uh, at, uh, at Kyle Newbeck uh, has a video of Markel Fultz shooting like in a practice setting. And it's rough. Like we're talking like Chuck Knobloch trying to throw to first base rough. Like it's bad. Like I'm, it's, watching, I'm watching it right now. It looks it's... like he's never shot a basketball in his life. He like the sad thing is uh, the ball brothers all look like they can shoot better than him now. And that's saying something. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a bad looking shot. Aaron, have you seen this video? It, the hitch in his shot is crazy. Like you here, I'll play. I, I can't this believe is the one that I saw. Yeah, the first one is by far the worst. There's a couple of them, and it's it's rough. So faults is right there on the screen. And granted, he had that injury, and you wonder if maybe that's part of it. But it's one of the ugliest jumpers I've ever seen. I mean, how do you just like the, the yips? Right? It's got to be the yips. A combination of the yips. And injury is the only thing I can think of. It's over for him, man. That's that's bad. It's it's rough to say the least. But it's hey, rough. His his free throw form has improved. Whatever. Yeah, that's what the coach said. Yeah. But so Brett Brown, though, when they interviewed him for the, in this and they were talking about it, it's he does not sound optimistic. He's like, this is bad. You know, it's it's pretty clear there's something going on there. It's rough. It's it's, it's all I can say is it's rough. I mean, things have got to change. So he can't shoot a basketball anymore. It's not good. <laughs> oh my god! That's kind of important if you're a uh, an NBA point guard or a basketball player. Yeah, or a basketball player in general. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta know kind of what uh, what your yes. shots like. Yes. Uh, let's get into the last thing uh, here in quarter two. Again, you're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But Net Channel. The Howl quarter two. This is our Timberwolves talker segment and ESPN takes stock of the NBA's uniforms uh, with the uh, UniWatch uh, half season report. Um, a lot of just stats overall here. It's uh, I think it's still a little bit too early to get full on numbers. Uh, they kind of take the competitive aspect of things. So, um, you know, teams wearing colored uh, uniforms, uh, how they do at home, how they do on the road, uh, you know, just kind of basic uh, Jersey metric stats, if you will. Yeah. Do you want to go over some of the what they kind of found? Yeah. Uh, so let's see here. Uh, so teams wearing colored uniforms at home have a, uh, combined, have gone a combined, uh, 161 and 140 in those games. Uh, that's lower than home teams overall percentage, uh, 578. 
similar, similarly, teams wearing white on the road have gone a combined 92 and 108, uh, which is better than the league's overall road mark. Uh, the best record for a team wearing color uniforms at home is the Raptors coming in at eight and one. Uh, they also have the best record for a team wearing white on the road at six and oh. Uh, the, Ooh, here we go. Uh, Aaron quiz time for you. Maybe you've already gone to this, but only one team has worn white for all of its home games. You know what team that is? I'll, I'll give you a hint. It's an Eastern conference team. Miami. Oh, you should have had a better pours in guess. Uh, the New York Knicks. <laughs> Uh, and only one team has worn colored uniforms for all of its road games. That would be the Boston Celtics. Uh, the Bulls, Nets, and Rockets have not yet worn white at home. Uh, there was one stat I saw in here. Here we go. Uh, most games played in a single uniform, 27, and that is by the Minnesota Timberwolves wearing their uh, wonderful Navy jerseys. We also took part in one of the only color-color games. Yes. Yeah. Against the Lakers, so that's interesting too. Uh-oh. I mean, a lot of this has got to be – just coincidence you know what i'm saying unless unless there's someone that's like i just can't shoot when i'm looking at white you know what i'm you know what i mean yeah or like it, if i'm wearing white and it's after labor day this isn't gonna what's go the thing I'm, I'm excited to see the end of the end of the season numbers i mean halfway through it's still a little bit too close for me to to see anything come back to me in 10 years and tell me what the stats are you yeah, know what i mean there like, you go is yeah. there really anything to it because to me it seems like i wasn't sure what to write about this week i'm gonna write an article about the color of jerseys and the impact that they have on games. UniWatch. It's interesting. I mean, just, just to look and see, you know, kind of what's what. Uh, what about the win? Are there some winless uniforms? Uh, that I would see. So, yeah, there through, is. So, yeah. Jazz, the Jazz Navy on the road, 0-10. Ish. <laughs> Magic, white on the road, 0-6. At a certain point, isn't this just a list of bad teams? The Grizzlies, light blue on the road, 0-5. Uh, Hornets though 0 and 4 Hornets aren't aren't necessarily a bad team but like the Lakers in purple are 0 and 5 and the Grizzlies in light blue are 0 and 6 basically this is just a list of bad teams yeah like it just so happens that these are the jerseys they're it would, wearing it would be different to me if like Cleveland was 0 and 5 when yep. they wear and the white wait, wait, so similarly undefeated uniforms Raptors 6 and 0 with white wow shocker they're good white at home 5 and 0 black at home 4 and 0 they're good. The Celtics, the Cavs, the Spurs, these are all just good teams. I don't think it mattered that they were wearing jersey colors, right? Yeah. What I need the NBA to do for me, do you think they'll do this? I want them to go back and play those games again, but the jersey colors need to be changed, and then we'll see, right? Yeah. We could we could test this theory in 2K. <laughs> we could do a jersey done better. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That would take so much setup to do. And it would be worth it. It, it yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, last thing, because we are just a couple minutes. Uh, I visited Vegas over the weekend. I was in Las Vegas to watch the Vikings miraculous win. Uh, I lost 10 bucks on my money bet. I took the Vikings in the spread. It was five and a half. You were one of those guys. And with the uh, extra point that was kneeled upon and the Vikings winning by five, I did not win my bet. So I, th- I feel like you need to reach out to Mike Zimmer and say, hey, you, I, I need that yeah. back. I need he, scratch. He, he owes me some money. Yeah, I he owes me fair. some money. Um, no, it was a great time. It was uh, I went out there for a softball tournament. It was mid 60s, low 70s and sunny the whole time. Uh, did not rain a single day. I don't think it was even cloudy for part Did of you the have day. any of those uh, really big uh, drinks on this trip. 
No, I I prefer the twenty ounce tumbler, uh, and I had multiple of those. Twenty ounce tumbler. Yeah. So there's a place out there called Fat Tuesday, which serves like frozen alcoholic yeah, drinks. Yeah. So there's a little like there's like a twenty ounce little tumbler that you can get with a straw. Um, and I just had a bunch of those. See, I always get the real big ones, and then I'm like throw the extra shots in there. They're just and a I'm pain in the butt to carry. Oh, I, it's fun though. Um, Rob the Wanderer, right? So, softball team didn't do the greatest. I didn't do the greatest at the casinos, but. Had a great time. Uh, I actually got a another tattoo while I was out there. My second Las Vegas tattoo. Uh, so that was fun. Wait, and, do tell. Uh, wait, this is like the story of. <laughs> uh, so I actually got. Did you like, a, wake, wait, did you wake up one morning and just had a tattoo? And you're like, what happened? No. So this was uh, actually my birthday was while I was out there as well. So this is my birthday present to myself. Um, I have one on my collarbone. That's a huge shout out to atmosphere. It says God loves ugly uh, and graffiti. Uh, slug has seen it. He liked it. <clears throat> Life was made. Um, but I had to get the other collarbone, um, side tattooed to kind of even things out body wise. So that is where it is. Uh, it is, it's going to sound really weird, but it is a blue French horn. If you get the reference, it's from how I met your mother. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, uh, there's a lot of reasoning behind it. I don't have the time to get into it, but uh, it looks good. It was really well done. Uh, Jose Carlos at club tattoo in Las Vegas. Huge shout out to him. Uh, he does amazing, amazing work. That does it for the first half show. Stay tuned for the second half coming later this week on iTunes, Stitcher, or anywhere great podcasts are found. You can listen to us on dash radios, nothing but net channel on Wednesdays from two to 5 PM and Saturdays from 10 AM to 1 PM central.